Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. A final podcast this week reviewing some of what's on show here at Highways UK 2023, where we talk to another politician, talk about traffic signal technology, try out some virtual reality and chat about a future major event here at the NEC. This is Highways Voices from Highways UK 2023, sponsored by AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals, Keeley Brothers, Reflow, Stantec and Unex Traffic. Let's kick off today's Highways Voices uh, like we did yesterday by chatting to an MP. Yesterday we spoke to the Roads Minister Richard Holden. Today the Shadow Roads Minister Bill Esterson who's been visiting Highways UK today. Mr Esterson, thanks ever so much for your time because I know everybody wants to chat to you today. Um, What have you made of uh, your tour around the exhibition? There is so much uh, excitement here about the opportunities available in highways and that's true of the transition to low carbon in transport but also in the technology that's been developed in road surfacing as well and I think we have some of the best examples of the technology available right here at this exhibition and uh, in, in, in the UK. My view is that if government is a partner, has a, a long-term strategy that gives confidence to investors, we can make the most of it in this country for, to the benefit of, of the industry but the people who work in it, communities up and down the country and actually fundamentally the whole economy. It is about the certainty, I think, when I talk to technology uh, suppliers, innovators, inventors, about the idea that once they've got the technology actually perfected, there's a market for it. And some of their complaints are often over the capital expenditure versus the revenue expenditure. And as, as we get more technology that maybe is on a license rather than a one-off payment they're struggling more to get uh, the money coming in is there a way that we can look as an industry at a different way of funding in order to kind of reflect what's happening here and now if labor wins the election next year we're going to review all major capital projects we're going to look at value for money by setting up an office value for the money we're going to look at spending on projects like HS2 and indeed COVID because we, we're pretty sure that we've not had money spent as effectively as we could have done in the last few years uh, but more importantly I think is the certainty of, uh, of having an industrial strategy, having a transport strategy, having a roads strategy that enables investors to make long term commitments that means that when projects are committed Everybody knows they're going to happen and they're going to be delivered and they don't get changed every few months and cancelled like we saw with HS2 by Rishi Sunak, bizarrely, uh, in uh, disused railway station at the end of the line that would have benefited from it. Um, but instead we have that, that certainty that gives the value for money and the ability to really make the most of the technological uh, developments that, that are going on right now. I've been lucky enough to know 
lots of roads ministers and former roads ministers through the years and I think of two that I know Stephen Norris former conservative roads minister and my friend Stephen Ladyman who was um, a roads minister under Tony Blair what they always told me was that actually transport was a great department to be in because there was a general political consensus about it that you didn't get in other departments I'm getting the feeling though that that political consensus may be starting to break I completely agree with you uh, it's really really frustrating and deeply worrying actually that we that the government cancelled HS2 which had political consensus over very many years Labour set it up the Conservatives continued it and now they've scrapped the northern leg the whole point of doing it surely was to have have a railway that goes all the way Look, we're going to have a railway that starts doesn't even start in the centre of London possibly but doesn't get to its final destination yeah, the consensus actually, by the way, with HS2 was more about getting freight off the roads onto railways. It would have reduced the number of lorry movements by half a million every year and created more road space. Uh, the same is true of Net Zero. There was consensus. We'd all agreed to the 2030 date for the end of the sale of new petrol and diesel. Rishi Sunak arbitrarily moved it to 2035. And then five minutes later, he's saying, but we're going to have the zero emissions vehicle mandate. 2030 anyway, which just created huge uncertainty. So we do need to get back to a position of consensus and I think the way we do it is by having an industrial strategy. The Financial Times carried a piece from Peter Mandelson, Greg Clark and uh, from Vince Cable a few months ago, making exactly this point. You had three former business secretaries all agreeing that Britain needs an industrial strategy. And if Labour is going to achieve anything in government, in, in industrial terms and in, in economic terms, we have to have consensus again, cross-party consensus, that outlives the duration of, of Labour's time in office, that there is a certain way we do things. It's true in transport, it's true in the economy as a whole, which is that you have a partnership between government, business and the workforce about how you run your economy. If we can do that, we will have achieved more than almost anything else we can do. As a politician, you get given a portfolio so how do you learn about transport in order to make the decisions and you know how are we going to be confident that if Labour do win the election next year that you're going to be in the transport team and you're not suddenly given health or social care or something else the well the political system is uh, uh, somewhat strange I mean I I started and grew businesses I worked in the private sector a long time before I became MP uh, which was in 2010 and you know the idea of chopping and changing people who become technical experts in their discipline is uh, I, I, I still struggle with it I mean I was doing the industry role I'm now doing the roads role but that's not my that's not my uh, decision I will get on and do the job to the best of my ability what I am going to do while I'm doing this role is build up the relationships follow the evidence use the really good quality advice I get from experts um, Michael Gove said uh, we don't enough from experts uh, he was wrong then, he's wrong now Which I think now is the time for experts so Labour's approach if you look at our industrial strategy, if you look at our automotive strategy that we published last week, it draws on the evidence from industry it is that consensus between the, the private sector and, and, and government and the trade unions are involved in it as well and we will follow the evidence. We will use the expertise we have in this country to ensure that we get it right for industry, for workers, for communities, 
and for the economy and, and that has to be the sensible pragmatic way of running our country Shadow Minister, you're a very busy man and very much in demand today I really appreciate your time on Highways Voices Well thank you very much for, for asking me to speak to you From the NEC in Birmingham Highways Voices at Highways UK Thanks to the sponsorship of Unix Traffic, Stantec, Reflow Keeley Brothers and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signal So I'm here with Martin Andrews from Unix Traffic um, Martin, yesterday we heard the Roads Minister confirm the £70 million for the upgrade and improvement of traffic signals. Obviously, traffic signals has been your thing for many years. What's what's the recent developments you've been working on? Um, so we've got a range of developments that, that are on show um, throughout the show here today uh, over the couple of days at the NEC. So everything from, um, as, as you mentioned there, the, the core traffic signalling. So we've got our plus plus solution and the plus plus advantage solution. So looking at temporary to permanent, that's been quite an area of focus for us. Our new traffic signal head, uh, Actis, uh, which will replace the, the Helios product that people have been familiar with for the last 20-something years. So a number of focus areas for that development. Uh, one of the key areas around sustainability, so looking at uh, reduced plastics, um, reduction in bonded materials to make it fully recyclable. Uh, the product itself is made from 100% recycled material. A uh, big reduction in energy usage, so... Um, down to, to sort of three, four watts on bright and one watt on dim, which is a, which is a huge step forward, really, in a reduction in energy usage. So more than 50% over what's available on the market at the moment. Uh, and also improved installation methods with that as well. So improved health and safety, just from being physically lighter, but also uh, new methods that we'll announce probably at the Traffics show next year around uh, installation from ground. So removing working from height. So you mentioned sustainability there. What, what is the process that you go through as a company? You've got so many products uh, ranging from road safety to enforcement to EV charging and, as we've just discussed, traffic signals. When you sit down and, and work out that you need to make your products more sustainable for your customers, what, tell us about the process you go through. So it's looking at, there's a couple of angles really, so looking at how the product will be used and what it will do. So, for example, in, in traffic signalling, we can make junctions more efficient. So if we combine it with the latest version of UTC, which we've also got on show here, UTC UX with Fusion, we can make traffic flow more efficiently. That in itself has a, a, a sustainability angle because we're, we're keeping traffic flowing. And we're reducing congestion, improving air quality but the products themselves can also have, have a carbon impact, have a sustainability impact, just getting them onto the streets. So looking at choice of material, reduced plastics, the supply chain, so where we're, where we're actually buying and making the parts. So a lot of the, the products that you see on show here are made in the UK. A lot of the parts are sourced from UK suppliers, very close to the, the, to the production facility. So to those two sides, really, it's looking at as far as possible reducing the impact the product has and then making sure that that product then throughout its life, which is usually decades out on street, can help to reduce the impact of the vehicles, the traffic, the floor and... and okay, and obviously it's been, a, it's been a year since the last Highways UK show. Tell us about some developments in general at, at Unix since that time. Um, so some of the key things I mentioned, Fusion, we've got Fusion on show um, here and um, we've released some more uh, data from some trials that we've completed outside of London. 
so that's that's been a big topic um, today uh, and, and yesterday at the show talked about uh, road safety and enforcement so again TMA part six and looking at uh, the camera solutions they're moving on and developing around the requirements for, for things like bus lane enforcement yellow box blocking band turns charging infrastructure as well so electric vehicle charging infrastructure again a hot topic so we're really focused on on the service package and the maintenance around that so that's how we can use data and systems uh, and the field fleet that we've got around the UK to maximise the availability of that charging infrastructure. So trying to reduce that charging anxiety from, from electric car drivers and electric car owners. And just finally, you've been involved with uh, some air quality zones uh, and similar projects around the country. How have they been going? Clean air zones are a, a hot topic, obviously politically. Um, supported. I mean, we're sat here on the stand underneath the, the cameras used used for those zones. Again, it's all part of the the package around moving traffic offences, clean air zone, um, and the product and solutions that we've got. Again, under continuous development to to improve those improve those for the for the authorities that are using them. All right, Martin. Thank you very much. Here we are at Highways UK 2023 with special Highways Voices, sponsored by Reflow, Stantec, Keeley Brothers, Unex Traffic, and Traffic Group Signals and AGD Systems. And I've come to the joint TGS and AGD stand, and I've been joined by my friend Ian Hind, the Commercial Director of AGD, and with Will Credicott, who is Marketing Manager for Traffic Group Signals. Ian. Uh, we've been chatting on podcasts on AGD stands for more than a decade now and every time I come and see you you've got something new to show off and uh, this year is no exception. No I think it's great that we got the opportunity to come to events like this. This week it's been particularly popular. Uh, I think there's, there's great opportunity not just to meet people in the UK but there are some international visitors here today. Uh, we've renewed acquaintances both existing and we've seen some new people and the solutions we've got are, are leading the way. We met you at JCT, I think you spoke to Kieran, but I think this year the opportunities we have ahead of us with AI-driven optical products, as well as our highways monitoring uh, radar, which had great success internationally, uh, we've had some very good conversations. So what's the AI element that you've introduced into the products? Well, I think AI has been used in lots and lots of sectors across the world, but uh, we're training a model to actually identify particularly types of targets. There's a huge uh, interest in active travel, particularly cyclists. There's interest in bus priority. Um, they're trying to move people around cities and um, towns in, in very different ways now than perhaps pre-COVID. Uh, and that's where the local authorities are coming to us for help. Will... Traffic Group Signals, one part of the business, AGD another. But as I look around the stand and I talk to people, actually, if you look under the bonnet, you are really working closely and uh, integrating the products together. That's right. There's always been quite a close integration between the two businesses, uh, but more so recently. So with the AGD 650 AI camera, we're starting to look at how we can bring that to the temporary traffic management space. So... In, in certain sites, we might do cyclist-dependent stages, which is something that hasn't been done in temporary signaling before. So we're, we're really making the most of the, the engineering background of, of the company, 
um, and also the agility uh, that we have from a temporary signaling point of view to, to deliver a new service to our customers. And Ian, when you are looking at new products, how much of it is you sitting around together as a team coming up with ideas and how much of it is going and talking to customers and potential customers who might ask you for a particular solution that you then go back and actually invent? Okay, so the customers are always going to give us a very uh, stern challenge. I think that's, that's what we look forward to. But if we, don't, if we don't listen to what they're asking for, you never innovate, you never make the product better than it is today. And I think what I've seen this week is we've had conversations with some people who, who, having talked to our people on the stand, can see that they have an application which is not quite what we're demonstrating, but they can see an evolution of what we've got to give them something else. And more and more people from the, the video demonstrations we see, they say, well, I can see it's doing all that, but can you give me that data, please? So that, I think, is the logical next step, not just for us, but across the industry. So the message is, if it's not being done at the moment, it might be done, come and ask. I think we've got some very clever people, and there's always an open door at AGD, and if, if people come and visit us next year, they'll see us in a new 21st century building, and, and the door is always open in Staverton, in Gloucestershire. Sounds like I've been invited to come and uh, do a podcast and actually be shown around all of it. So uh, we will be doing that next year if the door remains open, Ian. Okay, we look forward to seeing you there, Paul. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Ian Hind and Will Credicott, thanks very much for your time on Highways Voices. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. So I'm with John Owens at Stantec. John, one of the challenges um, that we heard in the keynote theatre was about road safety and also safety of road workers. Tell us what you've been working on in that area. For us, um, that area of work, working that area around road safety really is about utility strikes and, and challenges of incursions. So the big big challenges around the incursions is obviously vehicles falling, falling construction traffic in and our, our safety of our workers. That's a big area there is a perception and understanding that in, a, in that environment, our staff aren't safe. It's not a safe, controlled environment. And it's just raising awareness and understanding about the risks of working within that live traffic environment. Uh, a lot of our staff are design based and therefore they're feeling that in that environment we've got a safe controlled area. And one of the big sort of talking points around safety of, of both road workers and road users is about designing out risk in, in the first place. So tell us about that. I'm a strong believer that, you know, for us, at the design stage, we've got the biggest impact in trying to design for safety. And uh, working with a contractor a number of years ago, we had this philosophy of knowing the safe, so that we knew once we designed something that it created an element that could be built safely. And I sort of relate this back to IKEA. I think IKEA, IKEA build furniture or, or produce furniture that any, anyone can construct safely, down to the fact now that they give you a little pins or handles to hold nails. So if we can get that into the design, we can eradicate a number of those um, risks early in the design process to make it safer when it comes to construction and try and help that known um, the safe environment. And uh, it's been a year, obviously, since the last Highways UK, and this show's all about innovation and development. So so tell us about what's, what's been happening in the business. I think for us then, in the last year or so, it's really around developing technology. And one of the areas we've looked at is um, utility strikes and services. Uh, and as well something we, we heard or were speaking to the regional director down in the southeast, and they were talking about 
one of the big issues they have is utility strikes and it's not because people don't know the utilities are there they're marked they follow due process they follow the procedures but over time potentially those um, markings get worn down by traffic or are removed so we are now looking to use digital technology and BIM and virtual reality now to give a constant um, view and understand of what those utilities are so even if they are taken out um, by construction the people uh, on site can use the 3D virtual glasses and see where the utilities are and one of the other challenges is people putting in new, utili new utilities making sure they know where they are because that sometimes leads to further strikes so it's trying to use that technology now and a way to prevent strikes further down the line. Okay, John, thank you very much. If only you could see me now. I've come to the Swarco stand. I have a virtual reality headset on and I'm about to uh, have an interview with my friend Richard Neumann uh, from Swarco uh, whilst looking at uh, the Swarco virtual mega city where we are testing out various Swarco solutions. So it's... Um, quite an interesting uh, way of uh, of doing an interview on a podcast i think i don't think i've ever done one like this before richard thank you for joining me i'm about to press quick start on the screen in front of me so i'm now being taken into the swaco virtual mega city and i've been told to turn around so i'm going to turn around and come closer as i've been told and I've got the option of being either a mayor or an engineer, so I'm going to be the mayor. So I'm going to yeah. press the button, and now I've been told again to turn around. So I'm now walking, and I'm looking for some footprints on the ground, and I'm being taken into a city in front of me. So, Richard, first things first, I'm putting um, uh, a sort of very large uh, USB um, yeah, into... Our data stick, yes. That's your yeah. data stick, right? And like this, you are starting the application and uh, you are now uh, in front of a large table where you can have a cityscape and uh, there you can start um, our experience so and with the first uh, air quality monitoring yes yeah, so there's a marker there that says Knox. Yeah. so i'm pressing that button yeah and then it says air pollution tick and now i'm being shown the air pollution pain point and i'm looking at a an urban intersection and some solutions that you're producing to reduce greenhouse gases. Yeah, and uh, it's about, uh, we have uh, two types of solutions which we offer. There is a basic solution, a core solution, and there is an end-to-end -end solution which is a more sophisticated package of different measures. And um, the important thing is that you know about uh, the air quality in your city. So there is measurement devices which we integrate into traffic lights, for instance, to, uh, to see how is the uh, situation with CO2, with NOx, with humidity and so on and so forth. So what basically the solution I'm looking at here seems to be that if you've got an intersection that's got particularly bad air quality at a particular time, you can change the phasing of the traffic lights, you can hold traffic away from that particular intersection, the signals phasing can change in order to reduce the amount of pollution at that particular intersection to make the air cleaner and safer for pedestrians, cyclists and everybody else in the city. Exactly, and uh, that's what uh, the strategy manager in our Swaco My City Urban Mobility Management Platform is for. 
and uh, you should reroute the traffic when there is uh, an, an overdose of, uh, of these greenhouse gases in, in certain areas and uh, the traffic manager has the possibility to reroute to inform the, the traffic participants how, uh, where they should go now and um, that's, um, that's part of our uh, environmental package in the end. And I'm looking here, Richard, it says actually on the virtual signal in front of me, green wave for cyclists. So how are you implementing assistance for active travel within a city within your overall traffic management? Yeah. So the, uh, the, tra- the cycling is a very green mode of transportation. And uh, we promote this also by giving priority to cyclists. And uh, if, if you have a smartphone and you approach an intersection, you are recognized uh, that you are coming. And then the uh, con- traffic controller changes automatically the program to the green wave for the cyclists so that you get priority and that you don't have to, to wait at a red traffic light. I've also seen on the virtual reality here congestion management, so away from air quality, just monitoring the flow of traffic. How are you doing that? Well, traffic flow, uh, keeping up the traffic flow is the basic measure to to really reduce uh, emissions. And uh, and we do that by, as I told you, the the green wave. The green wave is something which we can uh, install also for for the cars. For the vehicles um, but we can also do this for the pedestrians and in the end you have to find a good mix um, that all the traffic modes are somehow balanced that you don't prefer one mode over the other for to, to, uh, such a long time yeah. so now i'm interested in the fact that obviously swarco has all the roadside technology in order to deliver this solution but if i were a mayor of a city or I were running the traffic and transport in a city and I had lots of legacy systems, can your solutions actually use data that comes from non-SWARCO technology? Yes, this is basically possible. There are a lot of interfaces uh, in our software package and um, and of course every city is different and every city has has already legacy systems in place and that's uh, why we developed our my city software in a way that it uh, harmonizes uh, with existing systems very important and the Go Green initiative, that's what the Swaco stand here at Highways UK uh, is branded as. Explain to me what the Go Green initiative is and what cities in the UK are actually involved in it. So we have uh, started or kicked off this Go Green initiative at the ITS European Congress in Lisbon in May this year. And our goal is to address all 112 cities in Europe which have committed to the European Green Deal. They want to reduce uh, greenhouse gases uh, until 2030 to the level of 55% compared to 1990 and they want to be climate neutral by 2050. And Swaco with this VR um, application wants to uh, approach these cities and tell them, hey, we can help you reach your goals and we show with the VR what kind of solutions we are offering and solutions means uh, that you not necessarily have to invest in big hardware and software and so on and, and, and infrastructure extension because that is expensive. But with our software package um, and with some uh, little um, modifications in, in how you manage your traffic, you can uh, really reach a lot and achieve a lot. 
Richard, always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm going to carry on walking around the Swaco Virtual Mega City here with my VR headset on, uh, but we will meet up again when I come out to Swaco headquarters in Vattens near Innsbruck in Austria in December, and we'll have a longer chat then about more of Swaco's solutions, and we'll do that on a future Highways Voices. But for now, thank you for your time today. Thank you very much, Paul, for joining our VR experience. You're listening to Highways Voices. Thanks to sponsorship from AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals, Unix Traffic, Keeley Brothers, Reflow and Stantec. And let's head back onto the exhibition floor to find out who else Adrian's been talking to. Okay, so I'm with Busy Stewart, the CEO of Core Highways on stand 258 at Highways UK. Um, Lizzie, since since the last show, what, what's been happening in terms of development across the company? You've obviously got lots of traffic management brands that people know within the group. Well, um, what's what's been the kind of key key strategy for development? We've been making a lot of investments um, across the group in the last twelve months. So we've been investing in our leadership, um, bringing in new talent, and promoting from within. Um, we've been investing in our fleet and our traffic lights, and we've also been investing in our partnerships. So uh, a number of strategic partnerships that we're moving forward in the technology space. Okay. This show is all about innovation and innovation obviously is the life blood within the industry. What, what, in terms of innovation in traffic management, what, what have you been working on? challenges facing uh, traffic management operatives in this industry is, is road work abuse which is sadly on the on the rise what what have you been doing in the business to um, to negate that and, and looking after your people in the last three four months alone I can point to three incidences of, of where we've had some really serious uh, road worker abuse some of it physical some of it involving cars and people driving cars at our people and it's absolutely abhorrent you know can't can't uh, stress strongly enough how, how ridiculous some of these situations are with members of the public. So what we've been doing is we've been looking at things like conflict resolution treatment, training and supporting our people in terms of conflict resolution. We've been looking again on the technology side of things um, and along with our technology partners looking at body cams that are actually kind of support our, our people in the moment so that they can press a button and have someone from a control centre support them, you know, phone the police as necessary, talk to the member of public to let know that they're being videoed, um, that we're aware of, of what they're doing. We've also been using a lot of CCTV in cab. We've also been trying to work really closely with the police and make sure that the police take these incidences seriously and not. And also raising awareness for our own people. It's not worth it, you know, don't engage with, with these hotheads. Kind of stand back, use the conflict resolution. Um, so it's a big focus, it's a big area, and there's, there's a lot that we need to do together as an industry on this. Okay, Lizzie, thank you very much. So as we wrap up, Highways UK here at Birmingham's NEC 2023. 
I'm looking forward to an event in almost exactly four years' time in this very venue. It is the ITS World Congress is coming back to the UK for the first time since 2006 when it was at XL in London and happened to be the first World Congress I ever went to. We're here with Transport for West Midlands, Head of Transport Innovation, Chris Lane. Chris, your name was on the uh, bid. You worked really hard to win the World Congress against stiff opposition from around the world to bring it to the UK in four years' time. Congratulations. We're absolutely delighted to have the ITS World Congress coming here to Birmingham. We're named as preferred uh, location. We think not just Birmingham, but the UK has got an amazing amount of intelligent transport systems uh, to offer. And we're looking forward to welcoming not just the UK, but the rest of the world uh, into this wonderful location. Now, I have to put a dampener on this at the beginning, which is I remember when we were bidding for the World Congress three years ago, I talked to my friend Susan Harris, who put together the World Congress in Melbourne back in 2016 and her word of warning to the UK bidders was when you get the nod that you're going to host it it's already too late and you haven't got enough time is what she said so while you're doing the negotiation to actually finalize it and go from preferred host to actual host of 2027 how are you going to start doing the prep work that makes sure that we're going to have the best Congress we can possibly have? That's a great question, and we've already started that work. So uh, just next week, we've got a meeting with uh, a number of government departments to understand what the UK government can bring to this. Uh, we've already spoken to a number of UK companies who are all really excited to be part of this and have been offering support. So uh, we're going to hit the ground running and really start straight away uh, with both government and the private sector to make this the best place uh, to have a World Congress. So what does it mean for UK companies to have a World Congress here? Is it something to that they are just going to show off what they're doing or is there real business that they could write around the world as the world comes to Birmingham? So I think we've been saying for some time that the UK have a number of unique selling points. There are a number of unique innovations. This is a chance for uh, large and small companies to put those on the world stage to really show what the capacity and capability of the UK is and to start to sell these ideas and great innovations abroad. And the NEC is a fantastic location. I understand that part of it is going to be that because these halls are so vast, we can actually have indoor demonstrations. So whatever the British weather throws at us, everyone is going to have a great time in the one location seeing and feeling and experiencing as well as discussing. That's absolutely right. We really like the idea of everything under one roof. So everything can be done here in the NEC. Even, you know, connected and autonomous vehicle demonstrations can be done in the halls here at the NEC. Well, I've been to World Congresses for many, many years all around the world. And I don't know of another convention centre that I've been to which is actually joined on to an airport. So that's going to be handy for our European visitors to come straight here and not even have to go outside before coming to the venue. But Birmingham, seven or eight minutes on the train, train London an hour in the other direction there is so much for visitors from around the world to experience beyond what's in the confines of the NEC that's absolutely right if we just look at the West Midlands we've got a great heritage uh, one of the things we put in the the bid was our black country um, with the, the historic uh, Peaky Blinders being filmed in the in the West Midlands 
but but also once you've tried the West Midlands, as, as you rightly say, you can get to very easily. You can fly, train, or coach uh, to many other parts of the country, and easily then move on to other parts of Europe if you wish to do that. And Highways UK proves that you can put on a fantastic transport show here at the NEC. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be an awful lot of work, Chris, but I cannot wait, and I'm really pleased to be able to watch all the work going on as we get towards 2027 and the UK can really show off the fantastic ITS industry we have. Yes, we're really looking forward to it and if there are those out there in the industry that would like to be part of this to help us shape, prepare and plan for that Congress, uh, we'd love to hear from you. That's Chris Lane. He's looking forward to another huge transport event right here at the NEC. That's it for Highways UK from the NEC this week. But I'll be bringing you extra programmes in the next couple of weeks with some of the uh, bits that we frankly couldn't fit in because we were so busy this week here at the NEC. Just leaves me to thank again our sponsors, Traffic Group Signals and AGD Systems, Stantec, Reflow, Unext Traffic, and Keeley Brothers and thank you for listening and we'll chat again soon on Highways Voices. From the NEC in Birmingham, Highways Voices at Highways UK. Thanks to the sponsorship of Unix Traffic, Stantec, Reflow, Keeley Brothers and AGD Systems and Traffic Group Signals.